If you have your Bible with you, please would you turn to Psalm 119. And I've brought an introduction to this psalm and indeed the Lord's table. And this is going to be now a part of our series throughout the whole of August. We will take sections of this uh, psalm and just comment upon it, uh, a different uh, series that we have it. And if you turn to the end of the psalm, uh, so that would be verse 1, 6, 9. So that is Psalm 119. One, six, nine. Read those words up there. Oh, you got that? Aha! Here it is. I thought that was the hint. Look, you don't need your Bible. But if you have, right. Okay. So in a way, we're beginning at the end. Um, this I will be thinking about this psalm over of the whole of August as I said, but this seems to be the culmination of the psalm and it comes as a prayer. And I want us to own this as a prayer tonight and indeed um, as we look at this series. So can you read it together? You can either use the screen if you have the Bible or uh, we will and read it. So, one six nine. Now, may we begin. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decree. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hands be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your Lord sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Teach your servant, for I have not forgotten your command. Well, that's the prayer that uh, brings together uh, this great uh, psalm, or it's a poem, or indeed um, a, a song. Put the music at various times, um, and we shall be looking at that. So we're coming to break bread together, and as we confess Jesus as our Lord, so affirm our love for him as we break of this bread and drink of these cups as an act of our communal relationship with the Lord Jesus. So I want to read some things here, and then Martin uh, Bishop is going to lead us in a prayer of uh, thanksgiving for the bread and for the wine. So brothers and sisters in Christ, tonight it is right that we call to mind the meaning and the purpose of this supper. It is a remembrance of the sacrifice 
of Christ for the sin of the world. It is an encounter with our risen Lord, a feeding on him in faith, a communion with one another, his body, the church, and a looking forward to that day when he will surely come again. So we need to come in faith, conscious of our weakness, renouncing our sin, and once more humbly putting our trust in Christ and seeking his grace. So just a, a moment of general prayer together before Martin leads us in thanksgiving for the Lord's table. So let's pray. Loving Lord, we try now to see ourselves as your children by grace through faith and to see ourselves as fellow pilgrims on this journey of faith. And so tonight we have set aside the preoccupation of home, the legitimate relationship that we have and we come together here as an act of our will. Lord, it may be that we are here out of duty as well. And we pray that by the work of your Spirit it would turn to delight. And that there may be a fresh awareness now that you are with us as you surely promised to be. But come again to us, Lord Jesus. Come to us collectively now and personally. And once more we want to reaffirm our trust and love for you. Our desire to be your true disciples with all of our frailty and our weakness, nevertheless we come. Would you meet with us, Lord Jesus, and guide our praying and our worshipping, our thinking and relating. But may it be true O oh Lord, that in quietness and in confidence you, the Sovereign Lord, will surely be our strength. And we pray in your name with thanksgiving. Amen. Martin is going to lead us as we see before us these familiar symbols. and the scriptures that we should examine ourselves before we come before the Lord's table. So, with that in mind, just six verses from Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, and you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, 
you know it completely. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense in the offensive way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. So as we come with thanksgiving, we also come with reverence and, and uh, a contrite heart. Let us pray. Lord, on the night that you were betrayed, you said, Do this in remembrance of me. And you said this not only to your disciples at the Last Supper, but also speaking down through the ages. You are saying this to us right now, today, this very moment. Lord, you said, take, eat. And so we shall, with contrite yet grateful heart, for your bountiful grace, mercy, and everlasting love. Through your body broken for us on the cross, we have become one body, one with another, and also one church with you mm. as the cornerstone. Lord, you said, this is my blood shed for you. And you say to us now, share in my Father's forgiveness for your sins. Mm. Lord, you know us. You know us more completely than we would wish anybody else around us to know us. And yet, you still love us. Mm and you forgive us just as we are mm. with one plea that your son's blood was shed for us Lamb of God we come mm. you knew that Simon Peter would let you down three times he denied that he was one of your disciples and yet you forgave him and reinstated him three times over to reinforce the point, Lord, we are eternally grateful mm. that you pick us up from our shame and reinstate us as many times that we fail you. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Indeed, hallelujah. Mm. So we come and we dare to call you our Father, mm. as your Son taught us to pray. Father, renew us with a right spirit. May our thoughts and words and deeds indeed be a fragrant offering, acceptable in your sight. And may we bring glory to you, so that those in Long Crendon and beyond might in turn know you as their Heavenly Father, mm. and share the redeeming grace by the sacrifice of your own dear Son. So Lord, with thanksgiving in our hearts, let it be according to your will for us, for now and evermore. Mm. Amen. 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 And so we take this one law to symbolize our unity in the Lord Jesus and in the breaking of it and as it is distributed among us, so we eat of it with thanksgiving, feeding in our hearts by faith in Jesus Christ, our Saviour and risen Lord. Eat of this bread 
with thanksgiving. This bread that we break symbolizes the body of our Lord Jesus. Jesus says to us, I am the bread of life. If you come to me will never be hungry. Those who believe in me will never be thirsty. So we are to receive this cup of blessing. And as it's brought to us, please keep the cup. That in that same unity of the Spirit we will drink of it as one body. And in the course of that we'll stay seated as we sing, Only by grace can we enter, only by grace can we stand. So may we lift this cup of salvation once more calling on the name of the Lord. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, Jesus said. Drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, we surely remember you. And we thank you. May there be something deep within us of that grace and love that is reflected out into a needy world. Would you help us as we renew our vows, as we desire to keep in step with the Spirit? So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are part of the body of Christ your church on earth. Help us to live out your love in the power of your spirit. For Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 I want to now make um, a comment on, a couple of comments on uh, Psalm 119. And now we'll start at the beginning. we gone to the end. Now, what I'd like us to do is to read um, this time um, responsibly. Not responsibly, responsibly. I hope you do that as well. But So, I will start with the first first, and you do the second. And we will cover three sections. When it is 2.8.16, So we'll end with verse 24. You see that? And that will become meaningful, hopefully, um, as we um, go through this part of the psalm. So, um, if you do have a different translation, that's okay. Just, you know, keep, keep forgetting. If you're using a Kindle or a phone or anything like that, that's also good. Right, so I'll begin at verse 1, and you do 2, and we'll end at verse 24. So, may we begin. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. They do no wrong, they walk in his ways. 
Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Do good to your servant, now you live. I will obey your word. I am a stranger now. Do not hide your commands from me. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Rulers, though rulers, sit together and slander me. Your servants will meditate on your decrees. Thank you. Right then. Um, I just want to I'm, uh, give some understand this remarkable uh, poem, sometimes referred to as, as a hymn. Well, a long hymn, isn't it? Can you imagine singing that um, right to the end? So let's let's uh, you know, we've got a key verse, and I suggest to you the key verse is verse 18, which again is comes as a prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Okay, that's the key verse. So. You may be familiar with the fact that Psalm 119 is an acrostic poem. That is, and it will come up in front of you uh, in a moment, each of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, like ours A, B, C, D, and so forth, each of the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet is given its turn to serve as the opening letter, as you have the heading there, of each of the eight sections. Each section is called a stanza. And the, the supreme subject throughout is the Word of God. Okay? So this poem, and as you look at it throughout, has, and this is interesting, is um, eight synonyms, eight things that are very similar but slightly different. Synonym, okay? And they are all used for this one supreme purpose to refer and point to the scriptures. So here you have this is the classic, this variation um, on this one big theme, the Word of God. Okay? So 
here, there they come in front of you. Eight synonyms used to refer to the scripture. Um, we try to, as you can see them up there, and I'll very quickly comment on these so that you see that it's not just um, repetition, okay? We begin with law, the law, which may be better rendered than uh, there are some uh, linguists here, as you know, uh, instruction, instruction. And it has the overtone of um, revelation, revealing and unfolding when we think about the law. Then you come to studies. Studies which speak of um, a binding force, something that holds things together. And then you have the next one, uh, precept or precept, which connects God's word with his, if you like, his overwhelming, he's your overseer, he's the superintendent who cares for the details that is under his charge. And that is the idea of a precept. Okay? We come to the next one is decreed, and there is the idea of decision from an all-wise judge. He issues a decree. Okay? Then we're familiar with words. Perhaps in this, of all things, is the most comprehensive term, the word. And, and it's used a lot among us as evangelical Christians. We emphasize frequently the importance of the word. We pray when the word is preached. Perhaps this is the most uh, familiar. And then you come to um, a command, um, which has the idea to tell us exactly what to do. And then promise. It's the word derived from the verb where it's used uh, to help us to think about God's promise, God's testimony that he is true and he's reliable. And then lastly, testimony. Testimony um, to the truth, which is against that which is false. And this word is often uh, rendered in the NIV in different translations, um, static. So you have, I delight in your testimony. No, that's, that's a random thing. But there you are, um, you've got um, each section is eight verses, and there's the play on eight words. And every section begins with the one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So this isn't a random psalm. Some psalms are full of emotion, just the pouring out of the heart. This isn't like that. This is, if you like, essentially didactic. It's instructing, it's teaching, and it's got an overriding theme. Hopefully that, that helps. So, let's come very quickly then to see um, what we can say, uh, and then there'll be an open time for us. To, to pray here. But as we said during August, we're going to select the key verse in the context of the whole. And so we have verse 18 uh, in front of us. It's a prayer, I suggest to you. And it's a good prayer to use when we read God's word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. That is a good prayer uh, as we read God's word. 
We pray this prayer for one supreme reason and it's this, that God speaks to us uniquely through the Bible. People used to say years ago, you could tell Methodists that when they went to church, they carried the hymn book. And when Anglicans went to church, they carried the common book of prayer. And when Evangelicals went to church, they carried the Bible. That's a bit unfair, but that's what they say. In other words, our Evangelicals, whether they're Anglican, Methodist, or whatever, they're the high view of the Bible. They carry the Bible. It's important. They read it. So, God speaks, and if you say, why? Because he speaks to us uniquely, distinctively, through his word. Of course, he doesn't speak to us exclusively, he speaks to us through creation, through providence, through, through vision, through words, and yes, of course, but uniquely, uniquely, he does speak to us through his word. And I would suggest you nothing impacts a person's life more than God's word. It is the hallmark of the Christian faith. Yes, God speaks in creation and in, in vision and in providence, of course. But this is the benchmark. He speaks to us supremely through his word. And that is why we're looking at Psalm 119 where you've got this um, variety of expressions. And so we want to say, we want to see wonderful things that he would open our eyes. That's, that's the central prayer. Open my eyes. That's the prayer that I may see wonderful things in your word. We can, even as Christian people, as disciples, miss the obvious. Let's use the New Testament illustration of this. It's the only cross-reference we have tonight, and that is in, um, in Luke 24. Let's turn to this and to see how these disciples needed to use this psalm when they had an encounter with the living Lord. And they missed the obvious. And even those of us who have a high view of God's word, that can happen to us as well. So turn to Luke 24 verse 25. So we're using this prayer, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, really their eyes were kept from seeing Jesus. And so verse 15, as they talk and discuss these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked along with them. But what is this? But they were kept from recognizing him. Was it doubt? Was it fear? What was it? Here is this person, this living Christ. Well, there's lots of discussion about that. Um, and he talks to them and uh, they respond to him he, in verse 19 he asks them what things and they talk about the crucifixion and then this very poignant reference in verse 21 that we have hoped but our hope is dashed completely he was the one who is redeemed Israel and so on and they talk to him and then in verse 25 and this is where we come to and he said to them, How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then what does he do? If you like, this key verse, verse 18, beginning with Moses and the prophets, 
He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going to, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it was nearly evening, the day is almost over, so they went to stay with him. Now then, and when he was at the table with them, and broke bread, giving thanks, first 31, their eyes were open, and they recognized him. That's just an illustration, but I think it's quite a good one, of, of what we are trying to do in verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. We need to do that. And just very quickly, if that is the case, then just think of, of, the, of what this means. We need to be receptive, of course. We need to draw near and say, yes. But the transforming power of this to open our eyes so that our, 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 our hearts are burning, our feet are walking, our lips are speaking, and the direction of our life is changed. That's what you have there. There's two very quick, simple things then. Open my eyes that I may see myself, that I may, that I may see myself. We know God's word is like a mirror, and we need to see ourselves. That I may see wonderful things in your law. But open my eyes secondly and also that I may see my Savior. He is the one. We are going to sing that I didn't read the time. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up. To see my Savior. That is the great prayer that is crystallized here in verse 18. Look to him. See him with fresh clarity, with greater persuasion. That's our prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And when we do that, we have a fresh encounter with him. We don't have an opportunity now to uh, to respond. Philip is, is, is going, going to lead us. Um, but before we do that, um, is it possible for us to have open the eyes of my heart? Okay. It wasn't down. And it, we, yeah, there you are. That's good. Uh, so let's use this verse 18 then. And now put it in song like this. And we'll just sing it through, and then Phyllis can become, and the service then will come to a close, and it's an opportunity for us to respond uh, in prayer. He says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in, in your law. We have uh, ten minutes or so to close uh, our time together with open prayer. Uh, I encourage you to take this opportunity to pray in your heart and uh, out loud if you feel that's the way the Lord uh, is leading. We're reminded this morning that our prayers don't need to be long and worthy to get God's attention, um, but Jesus encouraged us to pray from the heart and to pray to our Heavenly Father. Um, this reading this afternoon, words offered to God are precious, they must be sincere, and they can be few. So, may I encourage you to, to pray. Um, I've taken three uh, areas um, 
just to guide our thoughts, but you don't need to be bound by that, it's just to sort of help us to think through some of these things. Um, but then so you've got to fit your prayer into one particular place, and I think God will hear our prayers, whether they fit into the right category or, or not. Um, can we have the first one? There we go. Okay, good. Um, so the first area to pray, I think, will be encouraged from this psalm, um, pray the church ministry, um, thinking of the words that we've been hearing tonight, I delight in your decrees, I will not neglect your word, open my heart that I may see wonderful things in your law. So let's together thank God for his revelation to us in the Bible, let's pray that we may delight in his word and respond to it, and pray for some of the outworkings of that in our, in our church life, Sunday services, S club, pastoral team, and as uh, sermons are prepared and brought to us and for those bringing them. So let's uh, take a few moments to pray, particularly in this area. The other areas I'd like to pray about are young people and also more personal needs within the fellowship. So you may find it best to stand as you pray or just sit and lift your head up so that others can hear what you're saying. So I encourage you to pray. I'm not going to lead out in prayer, so please just go ahead and I'll move us on to the next uh, next um, area when time comes. Heaven above is deeper blue, earth around is sweeter green, something lives in every hue, Christ the eyes have never seen, heard with gladder songs or flows. With deeper beauty shine, since I know, but now I know, I am His, mm-hmm. and He is mine. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Pray too for our, our young people, in particular summer camps. We've um, read those words in the psalm. Me, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? by living according to your word. And let's pray that God will lead our young people onward and upward amid all the conflicting pressures that they face uh, in life. We're aware of summer camps, uh, lighthouse that took place uh, last week and the follow-up to that. Um, Alan and uh, uh, Ollie in um, Romania and the young people going on the camp uh, there. You'll be aware of other other things specifically. Uh, Let's just lift young people, those that teach and lead them, and all that's going on during the summer, let's lift that up to him in prayer. And let's uh, take a few moments to pray for more personal needs. Perhaps you want to pray in your own heart, perhaps you want to pray out loud. With these words this evening, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counsellors. Pray for those who are going through challenging times that they may be aware of God's hand at work. So let's pray others going through tough times that they'll feel God's hand is with them and uh, that they are able uh, to be very much used by God in those kinds of situations. For those facing needing treatment or surgery, those facing difficult decisions in life, and also for those who may be facing situations and needs and struggles that we're unaware of, but uh, they perhaps find difficult to share. 
So let's uh, do that. And perhaps during this, I'll, I'll ask Ariel for somebody would also like to pray for the need that was brought to us by Bethan um, in uh, Senegal, the need for surgical gloves. Sounds sort of very down to earth, doesn't it? But it's, it's a huge situation and the whole Ebola virus and all that's going on there. Let's put that in God's hands as well. So Lord, this evening we bring not just our prayers to you, but we bring ourselves to you. And thank you for all that we have in the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the great provision that you brought to us through sending him as our Saviour. And uh, we pray that we may be uh, people of prayer, that we may just be turning to you at odd moments um, and just aware of your presence with us and of your ear turned towards us to hear our cry for help, to uh, hear our praise and thanksgiving and just to be there for us uh, in every situation. So we thank you uh, for the encouragement of this evening of meeting together and thank you for your word uh, that is a challenge and an encouragement to us day by day. So we bring ourselves to you now with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we do stand in the power of Christ, may seem somewhat rather trivial. We didn't take what's an offering. Um, so there is an opportunity for retiring if you haven't done so already. So may we share in the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, evermore. Amen.